If you're loving the podcast at the moment, then why not be a part of the show and join the OTB crew by purchasing our merchandise, the OTB crew original t-shirt. It's as easy as clicking the link tree in the bio, which will then take you directly to our website to purchase your own piece of the podcast. We deliver all over the world, so no matter where you are, you can still be a part of the crew. We have tank tops, socks, hoodies still to come, but why wait? Jump on Instagram page right now. Follow the link tree to our website to purchase your own OTB crew merch today. And speaking of the OTB crew, don't forget to check out our other weekly podcast, the OTB crew podcast, where I'm joined each week by Lani Pallister, Lachlan Carter, and Josh Edward-Smith. We talk a whole lot of swimming. The crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming, as well as special guest Olympians joining the show for some fun. We also talk music, movies, other sports, and generally just have a good laugh. If you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcast for all the fun. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a meter on Vanderhoof's hand. But the sinister of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavish in the white hats. Vets in the black hats. And Vets has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe to the front. Thorpe to the hall. Thorpe goes in. Australia win. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us once again on Off The Block Swimming Podcast here for the ISL chat, as we have been doing for all of Season 3, joined once again by our expert analyst, Mr. Bobby Hurley. Bobby, mate, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, Robbie. The uh, weather's starting to warm up in Sydney. We've had the privilege of watching a couple of cracking finals footy matches, and uh, hopefully pools are opening up uh, very shortly, so the end of this hell of a lockdown is uh is in sight mate don't you the weather warming up we had a great storm yesterday i think there's another storm predicted today out our way so there's definitely uh yeah they're on the way warm weather the sun's coming out and yeah we just need the pools back open and then and then it seems like all is back to normal uh, and right with the world and just when we talk about that i just wanted to mention for uh, all the listeners out there massive thank you to everyone involved in new south wales swimming and asca for for really pushing for for the indoor pools to be open here in new south wales obviously bobby you know that they came out and said first of december which uh, was a bit of an outrage considering, you know, we haven't had swimming lessons for, for such a long time. Um, and we're coming up to summer where we're essentially going to open everyone back up to a lot of kids who haven't been having swimming lessons. So really important that we get that happening. And I thought it was a, a great touch from everybody involved in New South Wales swimming, from coaches to business owners, as I said, all the way up to Asker and Swimming Australia for helping push uh, the government to to open that, and by the sounds of it, they're at least re-looking at that, Bobby. I know there's nothing but concrete come out yet um, to say that they that we are changing it, but they're definitely looking at it, which is positive. Yeah, they they have to, and um, you know these people making these decisions um, on a, on a health level aren't aware, I guess, the impact it has on the whole swimming industry 
and how many people that sort of affects not only small business, businesses but families and um and the like so i think you know it's got to open before the first of december it's got to open indoor pools have to open before the first day of summer otherwise everyone's going to be going to the beach or going to have a swim and, and the kid hasn't had a you know a toddler or a baby and you know we've got young kids um they haven't had a swimming lesson in, in six months mm. um and even all the way up to the the competitive side of things there's competitions in december and january and february and, and obviously nationals on the horizon that kids are starting to talk about and um a, a lot of people in new south wales train it in, in an indoor pool so um it, it seems right and fair that that indoor pool should open up before nightclubs for example <laughs> Not at the oh yeah time. or pubs like yeah that the fact that people are able to go have a beer and sit with their mates and have a beer but a kid can't go learn how to swim um seems absolutely crazy to me but yeah thank god they're, they're re-looking at it so as i said hopefully a, a positive outcome on the horizon just wanted to make sure we got that out there nice and early thank you to everyone involved uh now mate let's move on to while we're here the isl chat and overnight we know that the uh the death match as it was called i don't know why it was <laughs> sort of uh publicized it's like a death match they could have just called it a knockout i mean that's probably less sort of uh exaggerated but anyway i'll go with it the death match was played out and uh mate dc tritons god bless them they, they got up 506 points on the board come out ahead i thought that was a really sort of a breakout performance from them and showed a lot of guts yeah definitely it's um i, I guess it's a death match because this was the play-in match for the finals for the bottom four teams so dc um iron the new york breakers and and the tokyo frog kings so, you know, the bottom four teams, they haven't had a whole lot of success or, or team success um, so far this regular season. And none of these teams have ever won a match before. So we're going to get crowned a, a new sort of ISL match winner, which is, which is great for them. And, um, and DC just, just had a lot, of, a lot of wins, a lot of top three place getters um, on the podium for every event. And they just scored a lot of points. So um they ended up winning that and iron team iron came second so they will progress into the semi-finals in in einhoven in november um and we'll say goodbye to to the new york breakers and and the Tokyo frog kings they can um start their mad monday a couple of days <laughs> early um they uh, did have a few those two teams they did have a few stars um individually swim quite well and i'm sure we'll dig into that a little bit more but but as a team they just didn't have the depth or the consistency and um, the ability to put strong relay teams together to score enough points. Mad Monday. I'd love to see what a swimmer's Mad Monday looks like. Somehow, I don't, I don't perceive I it to be... I could tell you a couple of stories. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd be interested. Is it like a Cameron Munster? You know, I mean, you just, we just don't know. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. You know, that's got to still come out and be played out. Um, DC Tridents, mate. This was their first actual win match win so uh, they've obviously done well in the past in seasons but this was their first match win um so you know massive effort for them as you said plenty of obviously top three spots placings um and good to see them go through what, what do you think they started to get right was it just the level of competition with all due respect to everyone at the end or did they you know did we have swimmers coming into the team did they start to do things a little bit better what do you think you know the six i mean it's really close let's be honest just for all the listeners out there the iron team did get 497 points so dc tridents did win by you know a bees you know what but still they got the bickies what do you think uh contributed to that 
Definitely the, the level of competition. And um, similar to, to what we saw in the last match of the regular season in match 10, um, you know, you take away some of those big, powerful and incredibly deep teams like Energy Standard, Cali Condors um, and London, and the matches become really entertaining and really close and every relay um, is up for grabs, you know. Every skins event, you know, there's there's new swimmers in there stepping up and, and performing and making it through the round. So um, it was just a level playing field and, and DC were able to, to prove themselves to be the dominant team um, out of those four. And, you know, they've got good swimmers, world-class swimmers swimming world-class times, but they're just not, these guys aren't going to beat Relov in the backstroke or Dressel in the IM um, or Tom Shields on the butterfly, but they've got incredibly good swimmers like um, Nikolaev from, from DC going 49-6 in the 100 backstroke. That's, that's really, really quick. Um, Pebbly in the 200 back going 148-5. Ryan Hoffer going 21-1 in the 50 freestyle. And um, Vizayos, the, the Greek swimmer, going 151 in the 200 IM and, and beating Diaceto, who's, who's um, you know, a short course world record holder. So there's class there. Um, we'll see if those guys now can get some confidence and then mm. continue to step up and swim quicker in the finals. Um, but DC were, and, and Team Iron as well, weren't too far behind, but um, they deserve to be in the final. So um, they're going to do more than, than make up the numbers, I think, out of that top eight, because in that top eight that we'll see, um, there's a clear sort of top four, and then there's mm. a good battle for that bottom four there as well. So DC and Iron won't be far away. Yeah, no, it's going to be very exciting, especially, you know, we know now they're going to have a bit of a break uh, from the competition. I think it's, you know, two or three weeks, maybe four weeks. I'm not quite sure on the dates, but they're going to have a, a bit of a break here. So they're going to be able to get back into training and, um, you know, put some more runs on the board there. So, you know, who knows how that's going to play out when they get to playoffs. We mentioned earlier the New York Breakers, and, and obviously I just want to give them a shout-out. They got off the bottom of the ladder. Um, they really had a, a good dig there. They came third. Um, and, and I want to give a, a massive mention to Aussie uh, and Olympic bronze medalist, Mr. Brandon Smith, who went through season three of the ISL undefeated in the 400 freestyle. He just seems to be going, mate, on leaps and bounds from his, his bronze medal at the Olympics when, you know, he, he was chuffed to, to get that. He probably wasn't predicted to go in and get that in the Olympics, but he, he exceeded, you know, everyone's expectations. And now, he's, as I said, he's just going from strength to strength. Yeah, he's a, he's a bona fide superstar now, Brendan Smith. Um, you know, somebody who's continually stepped up whenever he's had the chance to compete at, at the highest level. Um, obviously, you know, swims a huge personal best time at the Olympic trials, 4.10. Um, goes quicker in the, the heat at the Olympic Games to be lane four for the final for this uh, Australian team rookie and, um, and, and replicate that swim for a bronze medal. And then to stay overseas for that, I think it was a five-week period until the regular season started for the ISL. And he's a 400-metre swimmer, you know. So he's not a sprinter. He just doesn't need to lift some weights and hit the water once a day. Like, he needed to put in some work if he wanted to swim as quick as he did swim in this playing match, um, which is his last match for the ISL for this season. But to go 358 in the 400 IM, short course 400 IM, Mm. Um, is flying and he beat Dice, comfortably beat Diaceto, who's the world record holder there in that event. Um, and 337.1 in the 400 freestyles, um, incredibly fast. Um, you know, I really hope he, he attacks the, the world short course at the end of this year because he's somebody who could be, you know, he could be a world champion in multiple events um, come the end of this year. And, 
the way he's swimming these races, we, we see him in a form that I am really come home strong on, on the freestyle. Um, and so far through this season in the 400 freestyle, he's been even splitting or, or negative splitting, really using his back half. But, but this time he just went out 146 at the split, you know, 146.9, which is super fast. And he held on. He's got great turns. He's, he's a big guy with a long stroke. And, um, you know, I, I've said many times that I love the 400 free and I swam it multiple times and did a lot of 338, 339s. And, and this guy's just blown down to from a PB, I think, of 341 or 342 coming into the ISL. Now he's down to 337.1 and, and um, you know, potentially even quicker by the end of this year. So um, not a big name a couple of months ago, but, but this guy in Australia certainly um, is establishing a bit of dominance in, in a few events and we can see him represent Australia and, and um, be quite successful for the next few years, I think. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's definitely making a name for himself, that's for sure, over there. And I just want to ask, because it just sort of brings me to a point. I was talking to Shannon Rollison um, the other day for the Shannon Rollison podcast. For all those out there listening, there is going to be a Shannon Rollison podcast. A little cheap plug there. Um, but we were talking about the Man Ostrom tours back in the day and how, you know, obviously due to COVID, we can't do anything like that anymore at the moment. But, you know, how important those sort of tours were. We've got a lot of Aussies over there training and racing at the moment. Do you think we're going to see, you know, the benefits of that? Because Shannon was a, a big fan of the Man Ostrom Tour in, in terms of, you know, getting that race experience and um, getting the people out there racing. What do, what do you think for the swimmers? It's not the Man Ostrom Tour, but they're over there. There's the ISL, there's World Short Course events. Yeah, it's uh, it, in Australia, we're, we're quite isolated from international racing. And, um, you know, when I was growing up through, through the early 2000s as a, as a young kid, we'd, Australia drew international competitions to us. We had Pampax in Sydney in 99. We had Commonwealth Games. We had World Champs in 07. There was a FINA World Cup tour um, as a staple stop in, in Sydney or Melbourne throughout that whole time. But, but that stopped in, in 2008. And I think we've lacked. Um, our swimmers have lacked the ability to to get international racing exposure. Um, so I, I did a man option tour actually with Shannon um, as a part of the AIS back in 2007. So I would have been 18 years old and, and it was awesome. Um, you know, the, if people don't know, it's in the European summer, about June um, every year in Monaco, Barcelona and, um, and Canet in France. Um, and there's a point score and, and you're sort of racing the same people um, at every stop there. So, you know, I remember racing, I raced the 400 freestyle. That was my main event at the time. Um, Haki was on there, um, Peter Vanderkay and Takeshi Matsuda. So I think I came fourth to those guys pretty much every single stop. But um, I just remember sitting in the marshalling room with, with Grant Hackett and Peter Vanderkay and, and um, I, they were pretty fierce rivals at the time. So I was the little skitty kid in the corner that had to zip up their suits and then jump in the pool and, and get my ass kicked. But, um, you know, but that gave me that exposure then for the following years to, to sort of compete um, at a higher level. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard for us to do um, at that time of the year, the man Ostrom, because we've got to travel a long way away and we either stay over there for the major competition, be the, the Olympics or world champs, or do we come home and then travel again? So, the traveling is, is the difficult bit, but, um, you know, I love doing the World Cup tour at the end of every season, at the end of the year, um, through the European winter. And short course racing is more about the speed and the skills and, and just lining up 
meet after meet after meet. So um, I think we'll see more and more swimmers. Um, well, in the in the in terms of the Australian perspective, they they're all putting their hand up to be a part of the ISL. Um, it's good fun. We're we're seeing the benefits for guys like Matty Wilson, Brendan Smith, Matt Temple that have um, kicked on after the Olympics and, and had great success. And, um, you know, those three in particular, I think will have, will get better um, in their long course racing and representing Australia over the next few years. May hundred percent. Yeah. Their stocks are rising over there. No doubt. Uh, Matt Temple, I just saw him before he was in the, the 50 meter, the skins event. I think he just went down <laughs> on the last touch, but uh, he was sucking in the big ones there towards the end. I could see, but uh, putting in a great effort. And yeah, their stocks are rising a hundred percent. And as we mentioned, Emma McKeon, Kyle Chalmers, they're going to stay over there and do some racing and uh, the world championships uh, circuit as well. So a lot of racing to come for those guys, which is awesome to see. And hopefully, as I said, we can see the benefit of that. Uh, when you're in, um, I'll just say, when you're, yep. in, when you're like an Emma, Kyle, Kate Campbell, like these guys do it. They've been on, you know, Kate's been on the Australian team like 14 years or something like that. Mm. It's, um, you know, you, you just need a little bit of international racing before the big meet. You just need a touch on it. But when you're... Uh, through your first Olympic quad, through your first three or four years of your international career, you need as much as you can get. If you're Matt Temple, Brendan Smith right now, you need as much as you can get. Kyle, he just needs a little bit. Emma, she just needs a little bit and she's ready to go. They've proven they know what exactly what they need to do once they travel and, and represent Australia. But any of these Olympic rookies, when you're in your, your teenage years or your early 20s, you just need to take every opportunity you can get to, to race and learn. Mm, well, as you said, they're definitely doing that uh, and taking full advantage. Um, and I think the other thing, just just to want to touch on the the atmosphere and that team sort of uh, culture over there is really, really resonating with the Aussie swimmers. I know, obviously, it would for all the swimmers, but um, you know, given what we have over here, we don't have that college system. So I think you can see that they're really embracing it. I know just having Kyle on, I told you that he, he absolutely loves swimming for the raw um, and, and being a part of that team and having some fun with the boys over there. And um, you can see with the breakers, even though they probably didn't do as well on the point score, they definitely had a great team culture and they enjoyed being around each other and had a great time. So I think for the Aussies, as much as they're getting great race experience, that you know they're getting to experience that team culture and um somewhat of a college system you know style atmosphere yeah definitely um, um that's something that i see in it and i'm envious envious of it because i didn't have that sort of opportunity in my own career to, to swim as a part of um an extended team you know an international team as well um and we see that on the tv it looks really fun and we can't underestimate how tired these guys must be um off the olympics especially the Aussies. again they've been overseas for probably 10 or 12 weeks by now. Um, so to get up and, and race hard for, for their team is, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a credit to the team and the culture. And, and that culture, as we see probably on social media, is, is getting built away from the pool. You know, they're hanging out. They're in the same hotel. They're eating together. They're going out to restaurants. They're probably going to pubs and clubs. They're ho going to holiday spots together. So there's certainly a bond there where you want to race hard and, and represent your team and your teammates with pride. And um, I really like that with your, your Kyle Chalmers podcast because um, to hear it from, from him, a guy that's, mm. um, you know, he could easily be too cool for the sport or too big of a name to, to put in for his, for his lesser-known teammates. But um, to be co-captain of the Raw and the way he spoke about their sort of bond and, and what he wants to do with that team. And again, now how the Aussies, 
the Aussie men and the British men are, are coming together to represent the raw, um, it's awesome. It's um, it sort of gives me goosebumps just to hear Kyle speak like that about about swimming. Yeah, he was really pumped. I mean, we had shit house Wi Fi, so that didn't help the interview. But other than that, he was. Um, yeah, he was super pumped to be a part of it. It was genuine, you know. It wasn't just obviously we had him on to you know pump up the ISL tires and to get you know get the Aussies involved in trying to watch it on KO. But at the same time, like there wasn't he wasn't making that up when he was talking about you know how much he enjoys racing for his teammates and and being in those relays and all that sort of stuff. And he's doing a fair bit of racing. I think he even admitted like he's doing more racing than he's used to doing, but he, he's getting up for it because he he really enjoys it. Now, mate, this is the part of the show that if I was a really like you, Butte. Uh, podcast that had sponsors and stuff I'd say now it's time to have a look at the ISL ladder brought to you proudly by you know arena or something and then we'd flash it up on the screen Bailey's yeah Bailey's ladders how good's that from Fox Sports that's just fantastic stuff but this uh, is the ladder uh, officially how it finished before obviously the death match that we just got to so energy standard finished on top mate with 16 points Cali Condors finished just behind them on 15 points the London Royal were also up there on 13 13 points, Toronto Titans with 12. That's sort of your top four that I think you were speaking of. Then we've got mm-hmm. LA Current there on 11 points and the Aqua Centurions on 10 points. That was your uh, your top six, sorry. And then obviously we know that uh, the death match when occurred and finished yesterday. DC Tridents, Iron Team going through. Um, sadly, goodbye to New York Breakers and Tokyo Frog King. So looking ahead, mate, which we mentioned just before we started the uh, multitude of uh, playoff matches. It's almost another little mini season that they're about to go into in November in the Netherlands. Um, you know, what are you seeing here, mate? Are you seeing more of the same? Do you think we're looking at more, you know, energy standard Cali Condor wins with London Raw just finishing second. Toronto Titans just finished finishing second. Obviously, I don't think the draw is out yet, so we don't 100% know who's who's playing who. Or do you think having some of those swimmers come back into the teams, we know that London Raw have got some te- swimmers to come back in. No doubt probably Cali and, and the other teams do as well. And given that there's a bit of a break and they can get a bit of training under their belt and they're slowly sort of warming to the task, could we see some upsets coming in the playoffs? Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting because it's a new format. Um, so there's the top eight teams. They're going to be broken into two groups of four. So the seeding of those groups will be interesting to look at because those groups of four will play each other three times, from my understanding. They'll play the same teams three times. And then the top two from each group will go into to the grand final, which is in January. So we're still looking at each team still got three matches through through January. We've got six matches to watch, um, which is going to be good. But, you know, Energy and Cali are the heavy hitters. Um, to me, you know, Energy Standard are the best regular season team. It's, it's their competition. They've got the biggest stars from a wide range of countries. Um, but they looked a little bit sluggish lately, you know, maybe because they already had the regular season win wrapped up. Um, the men especially were getting tired and, and slow through, through the last couple of matches. Guys like um, Kolesnikov, Chad Leclerc, um, just to name a few, just um, a little bit off the pace compared to what we're normally seeing. But, you know, is that tiredness and lack of training or have they actually jumped into a heavier training period, started lifting weights and started to prepare for the big matches come the end of the season, um, you know, without any inside knowledge, only time will tell. 
Um, with Cali, they've got Kayla Dressel. So they're deep. Um, they've got, they got some good depth on the women's side, but they've got, you know, clearly the guy that's going to be the finals MVP that potentially is breaking world records and winning multiple, multiple events. So he's just so valuable, um, especially in the skins as well, where essentially he could jackpot the three races and we know how much um, the skins events are worth. So, so they're the heavy hitters, but, but again, going back to Kyle chatting about the London Raw, um, they're there, they're thereabouts. I, I think they're bringing Kate Campbell back in still. Um, they're weak on the men's breaststroke side, like clearly weak. Um, that's why they haven't been able to compete with, with energy on the relays, but you know, Adam Peaty's coming back into it, but he's off being a dancer at the moment. So and killing it, by the way, he's doing a great job. He can yeah. pull some moves. I, I saw it. <laughs> he's in. He's in shape, certainly. So hopefully, he can get his his swimming skills and his and his short course skills back up to scratch because they desperately, desperately need a uh, a world class breaststroker to compete with the world record holder Shimanovich from Energy Standards. So they're the top three. And then in saying that, Toronto are not far away in the LA current. They bring back Ryan Murphy and, and hopefully Maddie Wilson makes a full recovery from COVID too. So. I wouldn't quite write off um, the LA current there. Um, and then there seems to be, to me, there, there's that five and then there's, you know, Aqua, Iron and, and DC that have some individual stars that can compete. But but as a team, they're just going to lack the jack point points and, um, and the relays and, and the skins points. So, um, you know, I think Energy won season one, Cali won season two. So I think Energy Standard are pretty desperate to win this again. Um Callie's got the hottest swimmer in the world right now, Caleb Dressel, and um, and London are, are quietly confident as well. They know if they can pull all their stars together um, and swim at their best, um, that they can compete with those top two. So it's going to be um, it's going to be pretty exciting. Well, there's one thing we know about Adam Peaty is he's a competitor. He's obviously a legend of the sport and brilliant, and you know, just breaking down barriers wherever he goes these days. But uh, in terms of, you know, has he been in work and all of that sort of stuff? We know it's short course racing, so it's going to be a little bit easier than, than long course racing. And at the same time, he's a racer, he's a competitor. So, you know, he's going to get up and him at his 70% best is still going to probably get him across the line in front of people at 100% best. Um, so I'm excited as a London Raw fan for, for him coming in. Just a quick question on Energy Standard Cali Condors. Do you think we're seeing the depth in those teams, though? So, say, for example, I know we're putting a lot of, you know, um, not pressure, but there's a lot of pressure on uh, Caleb Dressel's shoulders or, you know, a Chad LaCloe or a Sarah Showstrom, uh, Siobhan Jorge, for example, on Energy Standard because she's absolutely smashing it this season. If any of those guys do get injured or sick, will that bring them back to the field, do you think? Definitely. Definitely. We, we saw um, on that match where Caleb Dressel didn't compete that, that London actually, you know, an understrength London beat Cali on the points um, a couple of matches ago. So one key injury to a, to a big name swimmer, that, that definitely hurts them. Um, the, the exception, I think, would be that the energy standard sprint freestyle women are, um, are just really deep. You know, they've, they've been able to swap and change between... Sarah Sostrom, Femke Hemskirk and, and Siobhan Jorge. Um, having having Siobhan Jorge's given them a massive ace up their sleeve because she can swim from 50 up to 400 um, at a world-class level. She can also swim IM and a few other things too. So, um, But they're going to need, energy standard, going to need all trips on deck. So it's about, you know, there is a bit of 
um, game management here, roster management to, mm. to make sure everybody's getting enough rest, getting enough training in. Um, you know, through the month of October, there are four World Cup competitions that a lot of these swimmers are going to be competing in as well, chasing the prize money, traveling to four, di- four more different countries, um, doing three day competitions, heats and finals. So, um, we'll see who's going to do that or, or who's actually going to put in a, a block of training. Um, to then focus on the ISL semi-finals and, and finals, but in in between we got World Cups and then there's World Short Course in December too. So there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, that's for sure, and it doesn't slow down. 2022, we know how many you know major competitions are still to come. So uh, it certainly does not slow slow down. Sorry, that's for sure. Um, before we get to sort of any sort of predictions, mate, into in terms of the playoffs that are coming in November, I want to just touch on something that was sort of brought to light through the week. Uh, on social media by our good friend, Mr. Brett Hawke, which was that there's a lack of characters within our sport. Now, um, a few swimmers took issue with that. We saw a bit of backwards and forwards going on, uh, which was all good fun and good banter. And I think actually, to be honest, proved his point, which was, you know, he'd, he'd poked the bear and now they wanted to come out and show a bit of their character. But, you know, is there a lack of characters within our sport or, mate, do you think swimming is just a different sport obviously we're not boxers you know it's a it is a different style of sport you look at probably our biggest alpha male in terms of here in australia mr kyle chalmers and although internally he walks out on pool deck believing no one's going to beat him he certainly is very humble um and gracious in the way he talks he's not a a conor mcgregor by any (laughs) stretch of the imagination which is a good thing i think because that's true to his character so do you think you know, Brett has a point there, or do you think in a roundabout way swimming just is a bit different? We're, we're probably not sort of, uh, you know, that way inclined. A, a little bit. Um, swimming generally isn't a sport for extroverts. You know, we're in the water, we're swimming up and down, you're inside your own head. Um, um, we, You know, our, our biggest name swimmers, Michael Phelps and Thorpe, you know, they're, they're introverts. You know, we see that they don't want to be um, chasing followers on social media and, and doing things. But you know, coming from from a boxing and MMA background, the um, these guys have got to do that to promote their own fight. Like it, it equals dollars for them. It it, it makes sense. Um, and you're literally going into fights, so um, you're doing everything you can to put the other person off. So um, can that transfer over to swimming? Do do we want to see that in swimming? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I love. I absolutely love that the, you know, the Kavik Phelps thing, the Chad Leclerc Phelps thing in 2016, like that stuff is awesome. Um, you know, at the moment now we've got, we've got uh, Dressel and, and Chalmers, but they're actually best mates, you know. Yeah. Uh, you've got <laughs> yeah. Ledecky and Titmus, but um, Titmus has got all the respect in the world for, for somebody like that. Um, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's from lack of character. I think that's genuine from, from both of them, um, mm. how they view their opponents, you know. So in the ISL, they're definitely trying to take away from individuals. They're trying to make this a team thing. It, it, it's all logos. It's all team colours. Um, you know, it's not about individual accolades and, and you know, camera in your face and, and this and that. But, you know, for me, it's, it's competitiveness, you know. Um, I like to see people competing and I like to see people pissed off that they're losing or celebrating that they're winning rather than winning and looking and going, oh, my, my time's pretty average. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed with that. Um, it's about the race. It's, it's about competing. 
Um, and I sell so fast. It's so next race, next race, no medal presentations. There's no time to breathe. So there's not a whole lot of time for us to see some personalities come out, I guess, on camera as a spectacle. If you look across people's social media and stuff that they do when they say there's, there's plenty of personality there, but how do we translate that to the sport, to our sport is, is different. Um, you know, we don't have the men's 100-meter sprint final on the track. They've got, what, five minutes, 10 minutes to warm up and stretch in front of the camera and parade themselves mm. around. You know, I'd, it'd be awesome if we did that for our 50-meter freestyle boys and girls, you know. Give them a one-minute intro for every single person. That, that would build up some hype. Give them but, an entrance um, music. They can have their own yeah. theme music to come out to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, their own <laughs> that, that would be sick, you know, their own light show. <laughs> Um, you know, that it's a non-traditional way of thinking. Maybe, maybe somebody like Hawkey can, can lead that through. Cause I know he, the way he talks about the men's 50 freestyle, he would, he would love to see that. But, you know, we see a little bit of that in the skins, a little bit of gamesmanship, but the, the sport of swimming just, it's all about focus on your own performance and actually trying to block out the outside noise and get, do your job in, in the water. It's, it's hard to do, I think, to juggle between being a personality or, or especially being somebody that, somebody that you're not, if, if you are that person, then, then you go for it. Mm. But, um, but um, trying to play it up for the camera and then also execute and, and get your job done, it's, um, it's, a, it's a hard balance to find. Sort of a no-no in Australia, really, isn't it? Especially, especially being Australians. I think, you know, we're grown up. I know, you know, growing up for me, it was all about, you know, whatever you did well, you just, you know, kept that to yourself and it was a quiet little victory and then you moved on to what you were going to next. You didn't want to sort of layer up, as my dad would say. We don't want any mug layers around. So um, that's sort of an, an Australian thing too. And just in... Well, we in thought, so, yeah, go. you know, the, the, big, the best example, we saw James Magnuson give us, everything that, that we wanted from, from an alpha male swimmer. And we didn't like it in Australia. The media yeah. didn't like it. The public did, didn't like it. And as soon as he started to, to not live up to those expectations or in, you know, in quotations to, to fail, they, they hammered him. You know? mm. So the, the, risk is, the risk is huge. And no one's been able to do that at the top level for a long time bar Michael Phelps. You know? Um, you know, even with Thorpey, the, the Australian media is, is ruthless to our to our champions so you've got to be very careful yeah a hundred percent um as much as yeah we said it's a swimming thing i think it could just be an aussie thing too and just one more thing just quickly in the swimmers defense certainly here in australia anyway and i think we've touched on it before on these isl chats um you know in terms of viewership and stuff like that I think the ISL have to take a bit of responsibility here too in terms of promoting it, making it accessible for people. Like we didn't even know it was on KO. We just sort of stumbled upon it obviously because we're NRL fans and we watch KO for, for rugby league and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, hey, the ISL's on here too. So we, we didn't even know. So I think they could be doing a lot better job at sort of promoting that and getting eyes to the sport. I think once Aussies – um, can get ac access to it and understand it. And hopefully we're trying to do our part here on the show to, you know, to make it more understandable and get people around it. But, you know, to take it out of the swimmers' hands, I think they're doing probably the best job they can do at the moment to try and promote the sport. I think the ISL um, in general could be doing a little bit more, certainly outside of their own little pocket. I'm sure they're doing a lot in their own realm. But when you're looking worldwide, certainly here in Australia, I think there's a big market here in Australia if they wanted to get it. 
um, and I just don't think it's being attacked enough. Anyway, that's my two cents. I know we're time poor, mate, so I want to get on to, obviously, the, the playoff matches to come. Um, let's make some predictions. We're definitely going to have a couple of chats through November um, just covering it, but I do want to look ahead. We mentioned that the finals uh, in January – do we see anybody sneaking in? Can you give me any predictions? Is there an outside Smokey that you can see getting into that top four? I, I think LA current will will do enough to, to get by Toronto Titans for that full spot. Um, you know, those top three teams, again, they're just there's just too many big name swimmers, um, too many points on the board for, for them to, to drop out. Um, it will be close. Toronto, LA, Aquas Centurions aren't too far away either. But, um, but the LA current are deep. They've got Tom Shields. They've got Ryan Murphy to come back. Um, Abby White's all swimming really good. Maddie Wilson, like we spoke about. So um, I, think they can, I think they can get in there. So we'll see two American teams, um, potentially two American teams in there. Um, maybe it's better for, for the league to see Toronto and the, and the Canadian team get in there. But um, I think LA's got a bit more star power. And um, that final in January, I'm not sure if it's in... Eindhoven, the, the, the semi-finals are in Eindhoven. I'm not sure yeah. where the finals are, um, but that looks early January, so sort of a couple of weeks off the back of World Short Course. One match, winner takes all. Um, there's going to be some fast swimming there. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point earlier, um, it's going to be interesting just to see who stays healthy, who stays fit, because, you know, Toronto definitely have some big hitters in there as well, but I, I don't know how deep that goes. So, you know, if, if they have a couple of, you know, injuries or sicknesses or whatever, or people just not quite at their best, that's going to play its part. But if they are at their best, they've got some big names in there as well. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. So hopefully for all the Aussie listeners out there, get on KO, uh, make sure you get around it. It's not always on great times in terms of uh, for us to be watching it, but you can always replay it. So there's, there's no... Um, qualms about that you can always still watch it at any time now mate you're an nrl fan i'm an nrl fan we can't finish this chat without a quick chat about the grand final this weekend penrith panthers versus south sydney rabbitohs what's your tip oh it was a big upset last week that that melbourne lost um to the penrith to the panthers so i was mm. i was surprised with that um big win by penrith young team you know two grand finals now the pressure's on them to win this one. Um, South beat them three weeks ago as well. Um, they haven't had that week off, whereas, you know, South rested their players last round, um, had the week off. Um, you know, I always like the underdog. So, so I, like, I like South. Wayne Bennett, you know, the master, the absolute goat of rugby league coaching. Um, players are fresh. They've dealt with losing Latrell Mitchell. Um, they've, got, they've got firepower to score points. So I think South's in a close one. This one's a funny one for me, and this sort of goes to show what sort of a punter I really am. My my gut, like sort of my heart, says Wayne Bennett and the and the Rabbitohs because, like you, I'm just uh, a obsessed Wayne Bennett fan. And if I could sit down and just have lunch with him, I, that'd be like you know Christmas to me. I, that's that's my ultimate goal. Just, um, just, just have to, lunch with Vince Raley. It's the next best thing. Very similar. <laughs> I just want to pick the brains. Yeah, just to. Just, Boring for them because it'd just be me sitting there just taking notes. But um, but my head... Get Vince, get yeah. Vince on your podcast. That's have some good questions. 
Yeah, no, we'd, well, definitely. And that's why I've started the Shannon Rollison podcast too, because we're going to get some great <laughs> special coaching guests on there just to talk all things swimming for all the swimming coaching nuts out there like you and I, um, just, to, just to really enjoy that one. But my head, mate, says the Penrith Panthers. I just, they won me over last week with that gutsy win. And they were, I was kind of off them for a little bit, if I'm being honest, because I thought they were a bit too up themselves, you know, believing their own hype. And there was a lot of things that, you know, kind of made me think they thought they deserved to be in the grand final. And nobody, as we know in sport, deserves anything. Everyone earns everything they get. And last week they they won me over with that. I didn't think they probably should have won that in the end, um, but they just gutsed it out. They kept there so many injuries and all that sort of stuff. So I think my head says Penrith, but my heart says Wayne Bennett and the, and the bunny. So I'm sort of was last week their grand final to beat Melbourne to, to revenge last year's mm-hmm. grand final loss. It's their third big game in a row, you know. Was that everything that they had? Can Ivan Cleary, who's lost two grand finals as well as a coach, turn it around now with his son? Or does the old guy who's done it seven times before just sit back, had an easier win against Manly, had a day extra day's rest, you know, teams teams don't back up well after playing Melbourne. There's a stat mm. about that. You know, mm. it, whether you win or lose against Melbourne, you, you get beat up. So um, Penrith are favourites. I'll give them that. Penrith are deserved favourites, but Souths have a lot of boxes ticked going. I think Wayne Bennett's got everything that he needs um, to win this game. So you're going the bunnies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the line. I'm going to say Penrith. And I think it's going to go like this. Here we go. 70 minutes, it's going to be pretty much head-to-head. It's going to be like backwards and forwards. And But I think that last sort of eight minutes, Penrith will show their class. Somebody, it might be a Nathan Cleary, might be a To'o, it might be, who knows. But someone's just going to break through, break the hearts of the bunnies. It's not that, you know, mm-hmm. they just weren't good enough on the day. And I just think Penrith, I know what you're saying, but I don't know. They've been there. They've been in this position before. And I, I think that that hunger is gonna is gonna get them through, but it's gonna be no matter. Hopefully, it's actually on. By the way, because um, there's a lot of stuff going on up, up in Queensland at the moment. COVID's decided to go north at uh, at the best time ever, and um, there's even no, talk no, about can, it being Queensland can go into lockdown. They can just get a bit of a taste for it. They can postpone the grand final, have it back in Sydney, October 18. How about that? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great, and you and we I will get tickets. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you and I will get tickets. We'll get out there and watch it. But, um, yeah, look, hopefully um, I, I'd love Wayne Bennett to win, just as I said, from a selfish, um, you know, coaching fan of his, um, you know, 10 grand finals, something like 35 years at the top level is absolutely phenomenal. And, and for all the coaching listeners out there, you know, one of his mottos is, you know, don't let the old man in, which is basically him just staying young, staying motivated, continuously, you know, being innovative and, and moving forward. He never just settles back and goes, well, I know what I know and uh, it's, it's good enough. Um, he's always pushing the limits, which I think is a great lesson for all people out there. Um, so anyway, mate, look, I'm going to let you go. Um, hopefully it's a great game on the weekend anyway. I think it will be so hopefully everyone's getting around their tvs make sure you keep uh, abreast everybody out there of the isl um it's going to have a bit of a break now what did i say about three or four weeks mate until the playoffs um which we will cut five weeks 
Yeah, so look, we'll cover that as well once we get to it. It's going to be a little bit hectic for us at that time because we'll be back in coaching mode, but uh, we'll definitely still cover it here on the podcast. And until then, mate, thanks for coming on board again. And, mate, just always adding that level of uh, class to the podcast that I can't bring. (laughs) Thanks, Robbie. Thanks for the wrap. (laughs) Cheers, buddy. A brand-new podcast show will be premiering Wednesday, October 6th, called the Shannon Rollison Podcast. And this one's for all the coaches out there. And the star of the podcast is none other than the Olympic and World Championship winning coach himself, Mr. Reverse Periodization, Shannon Rollison. Each week, Shannon and I will go through a subject of choice and he'll give us his stories and insights behind some of Australian sporting folklore, starting with episode number one, the 2004 Athens Olympics. It's a swimming podcast like no other out there, and I cannot wait for you all to wrap your ears around it when it premieres on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Wednesday, the 6th of October. I just want to be with you.